Skunk it. Regret it and push you and stuff, and then push you. It's gonna hear like, <laughs> imagine hearing that for an hour. Rubbish, rubbish. The temptation because we record this in my room, I'm quite sleepy. I think I'm more just thinking about the fact that I have to go to work at six o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And the temptation just to kind of get into bed <laughs> with the microphone and just record. <laughs> from the comfort of I've my got no objections I said this I've got no objections if you want to crawl into bed with your microphone and talk about Alien Free from there <laughs> in the coziness this room is a bit cold what so if I was just like comfy. if I even got into bed and like lay down facing the opposite way of you <laughs> <laughs> it was just like channel and then after a while you go on like a big tangent about something and you're like uh, yeah don't, don't you agree Scott and it's just that classic like ah. <sighs> uh... The snoring that only comes up when it's comedically and then you just, relevant. Then you just quietly talk about Alien. You just quietly do a solo podcast while I'm, I snore in the background. Sounds creepy to us. <laughs> Doing a solo podcast with oh, someone's in the room. I thought it sounded quite nice. Oh, watch it just, just me talking soon. to myself. Just you sending me a... It's like... Oh, d- like, but oh, oh, daddy, tell me a bedtime story. But this is like, oh, <laughs> t- tell, me a, tell me your... Critical thoughts on Alien 3. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> Alien 3 was directed by David Fincher. <laughs> Isn't it disappointing, Danny, when you get to the... You get through a couple of good films in a franchise. And then you hit that one. Mm. You hit that one that just... Nothing quite works. Nothing quite fits together. And is it, everyone gets a bit sad about it. On a, on the uh, other side, isn't it a shame when you take one of your famous, uh, one of your favorite directors, a critically acclaimed across so many films, go back and see their first film, and find out it's, it's Alien Three. <laughs> it's this. Um, that was the that was the first time I'd ever seen Alien Three. I've seen it before, but um, quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Back, it was actually not long after I saw Alien and Aliens because I. Uh, I know. I saw you it. thought, oh, we're on it. We're on a bloody high right now. Let's just keep this gravy train. <laughs> I saw. Rolling. I saw Alien when I was quite little. Actually, Aliens. One of those. I watched it as a kid, oh. and um, not not like a really young kid. I can't remember. I must have probably about nine, mm-hmm. nine, ten. Um, and then uh, that was the one I watched as a kid. Alien. I remember because it was like, oh, are you sure you want to watch this? It's, Oh, it's scary, scary, scary. Spooky, scary. And, but like, it's called Alien. I was, I was a kid who, like, with sci-fi stuff, I was like, wow, yeah, it's, it's got an alien in it. I want yeah. to know about it if it's got an alien. Were you picturing, like, an E.T.? No, no. <laughs> I knew it, like, because, like, the VHS copy, like, it's the glowing green egg. Yeah. Uh, I always thought, when I was a kid, that when I saw the VHS, that that was that the was alien. The, that was, like, I, the alien's face. It does have like, that the kind of look, head. it? Yeah. Um, so, like... I was just intrigued because it had an alien in it and I knew it was a horror film but like I was like oh, but it's still got an alien in it I want to see it and it wasn't until uh, I think I was probably a mid-teenager when I first saw Aliens mm-hmm. uh, I rewatched Alien then watched Aliens and then because I was at that point where I could buy my own DVDs I went okay let's do Alien 3 let's do Alien 4 let's do Alien vs Predator let's alien. do Alien vs Predator Requiem I, I didn't actually I didn't watch Alien vs Predator 2 for a long time afterwards I saw Alien vs Predator mm. that was enough That's, that was definitely enough <laughs> and then obviously um, I think it was first year of college yeah. I think I was first year when Prometheus came out yeah we would have been in college yeah. uh, so. I think the strangest thing about the Alien vs Predator especially Alien vs Predator Requiem is like that would mean that the humans have encountered aliens before yeah. Before the movie Alien. And then if we're fucking going by this whole Prometheus timeline now as well, that would mean that if you were to go strictly by the timeline, that the aliens appeared on Earth before the aliens have even been created. Aye. So it doesn't make any sense. Because the recent one, Alien Covenant, which we saw the other mm. day. Um, we should maybe talk about that up front. 
I well, spoilers for that. It's about the creation of the aliens, the xenomorph specifically. Yeah, Uh, it's created by a Michael Fassbender's android. I why it's again it's it's this prequel. It's a prequel trilogy now. It's like we are plagued by prequel trilogies. but like it's it's again it's over explained. Why do the why did the xenomorphs need an origin? And I feel like it's a kind of a cliche thing to say almost at this point. But why can't they just be an alien species? Yeah. Why why do they have to be created? It almost takes away from some of the because it seems like they're kind of setting up as to be like everything meant something, and I'm sure it means something that it was Ripley that discovered them and things like mm. that, and just like can't they just can't we? What was wrong with just well, it a bunch of random engineers it. bumped into some? I I'm a uh, when it comes to um, cosmic horror, I really like sort of a Lovecraftian um, themes and vibes and stuff. I really mm. like this idea that Lovecraft um, told these stories about humans who just uh, ran into things they couldn't even begin to comprehend and. They thought they had the grip on the world and then they realised the universe was like, no, fuck you, here's something you won't understand. Mm. And it was very Lovecraftian in that respect. Where, like, this alien came out of nowhere and it's, like, it it changed everything and, like, it, it worked in weird ways and was this scary thing that you couldn't... It was too powerful and you it made you as a human being feel small and insignificant. But, like, how human beings are no longer small and insignificant compared to the xenomorph when you trace that origin back to being created by an android which was created by a human yeah so the human beings created the xenomorphs by proxy mm. it's like well that doesn't make us seem insignificant we created these fucking godlike creatures mm. um that really takes away from it. it's just why i don't understand it is it's it's they're going down some strange routes i think we saw it the other night i think we both kind of came out enjoying it I, to the point where I think we were more just like that wasn't as bad as I thought I, to me I, I think the second we sat afterwards and started kind of picking it apart it was like oh no this is actually really bad <laughs> I think I think it's not a good film as much as we were just it was better than we were expecting it was yeah. I think we were both went in with really low expectations on it I think it, it I feel like it just it has the exact same problems that Prometheus did hmm. in that the writing, first of all, is terrible and so yeah. blatantly on the nose it's unreal. Everybody just says exactly what they're feeling all the time. My, as I said, the big, my biggest one with Alien Covenant was there, there. there's a scene in the film where a piece of music is queued up as something's happening. And I feel like if I had been doing research on the film later and found out the name of the song I would have been like oh that's really cool like that that goes so well with what was going on there but the fact that the, one of the characters literally requests like play play the mother play the gods enter Valhalla and you're like <laughs> ah, okay Hi. fucking this is so it's... and then it again all the fucking scientists are just doing completely irrational things that I feel like scientists shouldn't be doing Aye. not thinking things through and it really just takes me out of it so much the same way Prometheus did when they do such stupid things it's like I can't relate to these people you think when you see scientists in today who are overcautious about everything even if you've been within a mile within some sort of contagious disease just like put them in quarantine let, let them sweat it out for a couple of days and if they're, st- if they're clear they're clear but these guys, they find an alien planet. Not in, It's like an alien planet that was not the one they researched. Yeah. They went and specifically researched one. They ignore it. They go to this other alien planet, pop out, like, oh, I'm sure it'll be okay to just yeah, breathe Yeah, they just pop the out, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they're really, really shocked when they're infected by a virus. They look like they're on a fucking company retreat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they all go out in their wee... Their wee their little raincoats <laughs> it's mental and their backpacks and it's it's just under this planet that they don't know about that they've got this strange distress signal from and just and that sets the whole the whole wagon load of nonsense just uh, shooting on down the track yeah I wasn't a fan and Michael Fassbender kisses himself and Michael Fassbender kisses himself and tells him not to worry about the f- he'll he'll do the fingering and you're like and the whole audience <laughs> laugh and I just, I, I imagined as people were laughing, I just imagined being in the cinema with Ridley Scott 
and he everyone's laughing he's like shut up everybody it's supposed to be serious <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like you just can't get away with using the word fingering without having <laughs> when everybody laugh. Yeah. I feel like it's just <laughs> it's just not the word for it. Yeah. It's the, like not the word for the situation. Yeah. Okay, so Alien Three is kind of meant to be, I guess, one of the really bad ones. Yes. We've just I've just watched it for the first time. Well, should we first of all clarify it was the assembly cut? So it was the yeah. So it wasn't the cut that people saw in this in this in the seminars no this was the director's cut that was not ed- edited together by the director wasn't cut by a director he so. didn't he didn't give a fuck by that point he no. was like do what you want um because he's he's tried really hard to well not really but he he's very like open about how much he's distanced from that film well you would especially mm. when you hate look at the filmography he has fuck quickly favorite david fincher film uh social network social network's mine as well yeah but fight club Seven, Fight Club, Fight Club, Zodiac, Gone Girl, like there's a lot oh, to choose from. Hell. There's a lot to choose from. He's doing World War Z. He's doing World War Z. Yeah, which... he's doing World War Z. You're Again, f- it's like it is amazing how just attaching a name to something. Because I hear World War Z two, I'm like, I don't care about that. And like David Fincher's doing it, I'm like, <laughs> you had my, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> ah, it's um, that that. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. That's yeah. mental. But um, like he's such a fuck. He's such a huge director. He's probably mm-hmm. one of the best contemporary directors. One of the best directors still going. By mm-hmm. like, he's really he's one up there. And he's like, well, his first film was, um, which should his first film, which should be a big film. It's a, a big sequel to a, a a big franchise, but um, such a such a disappointment from mm. a, this director who's so mm-hmm. clearly talented especially watch something like the social network he just he knows how to direct a film thinking back like thinking back to if you saw that you know in the cinema when it first came out and you would almost you know you would think nothing of that director so when seven comes out i wonder if there were people who were like the guy who fucking made alien three who cares uh, and then you see it and it's it's a surprise it didn't sink his career maybe Alien 3 made enough money I actually don't know maybe mm. it didn't flop I've actually not checked that out because you it makes me think I wonder how many directors start off in big franchise films yeah. sink and then they're never heard from again even though they could have been yeah. as good as David Fincher so what I wanted to ask was of all of all the bad ones in the, in this now alien franchise spanning about eight films where would you think where do you think alien 3 sits Hmm. in your kind of ranking because the only one i've not seen now is alien 4 alien 4 is quite bad it's that's what i've heard that's why i haven't seen it it's been a long time since i've seen alien 4 as well uh alien 3 i feel like in terms of the other films is like in terms of the other bad ones it's probably the least bad one like Alien yeah. 3's biggest problem is how fucking boring it is it's slow moving it's a slow f- for a two and a half well two hour and twenty minute long film it's it's a slow churn two two hours twenty minutes not a lot happens and it's not even really a slow burn to anything no it's just slow <laughs> nothing really happens there's interesting stuff in it but nothing really happens with it there's characters in it but who do you really relate to that much this were big, I guess. Look, look. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just talk, whatever. But like, the, the, yeah. In terms of characters, you they introduced Charles Dance. Yeah. Uh, from the get go, and for a good forty minutes, you watch as Ripley bonds with this this character, and you start to learn a lot about him, and then he's killed. Aye. And then he's killed, and then we just have like some other characters who start kicking about. And the whole time I was watching, like you know, so the the character known as eighty five, kind of becomes the lead, like the the, lead, lead, uh, the, the one yeah. that she now talks to. And I was like, why why not just have revert switched this and have eighty five die because nobody knew who he was. Aye. And have Charles Dance continue to be this character. Aye, it's a waste of time to have de- to yeah all that to wasting have even his uh, develop yeah. his character. You could say it's a fake out, but like the fake out would only really work. If they had someone to uh, rely on, if they developed eighty five and Charles Dance at the same time, and then they killed off Charles Dance just as you think he was getting close to Ripley, but they all still had 
another character who they've been developing the other time. You could go, oh, it's like a red hair. It was like a, a fake out. You'd think Child Dance would be the one survived, but he doesn't. But like, no, they, they, they kill. It's like the scriptwriter was right. Never did a rewrite. He wrote it. He thought, well, Child Dance has to die at this point. And oh fuck, who's the other characters? What are they even named? Yeah. He doesn't get the uh, eighty five. Doesn't get the name eighty five until after Child Dance yeah. dies, and that's he has to start becoming important to the plot. And the thing is, it's not like. It's not like they needed to kill off an important character to show how powerful the alien is. Because we know how powerful the alien is. Because we've watched, we've had two movies before this of it ripping people's fucking heads off. Aye. But I just realised, Danny, it occurred to me that we're getting quite in-depth already. We're 15 minutes in, we've not even done an intro. Ah. We're just, we've just been, we're just battling ahead. We've covered a lot. Maybe we should just... I'll go for the intro. Do a nice little intro. What's up, people of people? To welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and my co-host, a uh, hugger of many faces, Scott Morrison. It's true. I do usually go for the face <laughs> when it comes to a nice, it's weird a nice you, bear hug. Uh, it's weird that you'd manage to contain a whole body hug <laughs> to a face. It's very it's weird sp- that I'm able to condense myself uh, into that. It's a very specific talent. Uh, here we um, take it. Well, we we. I was about to explain the podcast. We take a beloved film, overrated, and one of us defends it, one of us attack it. We haven't really done that for a while. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of. I think. I think it's because usually we just we just end up talking about it. Aye, well, become, because I think it, yeah, I think it's yeah that that we go for a more kind of natural discussion, and so a lot of the time when someone brings up something, we end up both just kind of going down that rabbit hole as opposed to a sort of actual movie fight-esque thing where we're like yeah if if we were going with that i would defend alien free like i would i would have suggested like suggested alien free is something i would defend because like i wouldn't i'm not gonna start saying it's the underrated alien film but i think out of all of the other ones it's the one that's like it's it's not deserving as like Mm. as much the criticism Mm. as it gets because like it as i say it's not inherently bad it's just like long and slow I think um, it's something that was interesting to me was I was like okay so this, this, this a lot of people really dislike this like at the time it was released this was considered a bad film and again I guess we were watching the director's cut so it's a bit it may have been cleaned up but I was like the problems that this film has are still it's still like a put together film right. it still has a beginning a middle and an end and there are arcs and things like that as opposed to I feel like a film nowadays that doesn't work where it is just a fucking atrocious mess yeah Yeah. it's like things just happen seemingly out of order and characters are underdeveloped and things like that whereas Alien 3 does still kind of work I thought like I was with it for the whole film I was always I was never confused by what was going on Mm. it was always easy to follow but you're right, it is just... It's the fact that it's a bunch of kind of na- like almost nameless, interchangeable characters running around just dark corridors being chased by a weird CGI fucking mess of an alien. This, this, alien, uh, this film would be, a, uh, would be a, um, a lot better. You'd be able to deal with this film a lot more. And even, even maybe to the point where you could consider it a not bad film if you took 40 minutes off the running time. Mm. Like, if you cut 40 minutes of this out and made it a more swift um, uh, edit, like, you, this would be, like, not a great alien film, but it'd be a decent one. People would, uh, it would almost be just, oh, the weaker one of the trilogy. Well, the thing is, we could find out. We could go find out what this film's like with half an hour of footage cut out of it. <laughs> we can watch the theatrical cut. Yeah. Hmm. So, so it's kind of a weird place to be coming, to be talking about it from. Uh, where we are watching, quote unquote, like the fixed the, version. The definitive of it. version. Mm. The version that you should see. Mm. Um, yeah. Should I explain the plot, maybe, really quick? Well, there's not much to explain. There's not a whole lot um, to... Basically, uh, film picks up from where the first one left off. Second one. Second one, that's the one I meant. Shut off, Danny. <laughs> um, but one of the facehuggers has got onto the ship and has caused it to crash and it killed Hicks and Newt and Bishop the only survivor is 
Ripley. So all those people that you really liked from the second movie, all those people that... What's, some of them, you, you spent the whole film Yeah, they're gone. Save them. Forget about them. They're yeah. not important. Yeah. We've got new boring characters to introduce you to. Ah, fuck off. Yeah. Um, so Ripley wakes up, finds out that she's crash-landed on some kind of prison facility on a planet. Uh, and, you know, she's kicking around there for a while. Oh, oh, oh. You'll never get the alien. It was on the escape pod the whole time. So the alien's now kicking about the prison as well. And they're going to have to gear up, work together, and fight the alien again, but this time in a prison. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, one plot point you uh, like, the, this doesn't really have many subplots or anything like that, but one that you um, didn't mention is probably would be the most interesting part of the film if they did much with it. And that's the fact that Ripley is harvesting a queen embryo yeah. inside her. Because um, it has so many interesting elements about it. Because like, we it's something in the Alien franchise we haven't seen yet. The queen mm-hmm. embryo. We've seen, obviously, the facehuggers give the embryos to like uh, for the regular xenomorphs. But we haven't seen a queen one. Which is why it's fast because when you see it come up, you're like, well, shouldn't it have come up by now? They don't usually take that long, yeah. but it's because it's the queen one, so it must take longer, evidently. The other xenomorphs don't attack Ripley, or the other xenomorph, sorry, doesn't attack Ripley because it's harvesting the future of its species, mm. um, which they do bits with, but not a lot. They, yeah. the, the climax of the film is kind of uses that idea, but not not all that much to be honest mm. because the the problem with um her being um uh um, immune if you like to the xenomorphs mm. attacks is that the climax of the film is dependent on using themselves as bait so the one time ripley gets the superpower of the uh, the alien definitely <laughs> will attack the me. alien they need the attack yeah <laughs> so it's kind of a it's a, an interesting thing that it's completely just sort of like yeah yeah this is a thing that happens yeah. they won't kill alien uh ripley it's almost um almost uses just a contrived way to keep ripley alive throughout it because there's the bit at the beginning where the alien gets right up into her face right up in there right mm. up in which there. is probably the best shot of the film that's a great shot mm. but like if you if if before it gets the plot twist that she has the queen embryo in the uh, embryo and the alien comes away and you're like why did the alien do that yeah. like why did the alien not attack Ripley there isn't that kind of what it does did it recognise her <laughs> aye uh, that, was, that was the um, that's the other subplot in this it's probably the most interesting part of the film but not a bit of the film that's really done all that much with mm-hmm. in terms of characters there isn't do you get okay you get Ripley mm-hmm. who it's who pretty, we already know we already know really well We've uh, she's been the star of the last two films we know her really well uh, Charles Dance's character, yeah, um, who you get to know for the for the short time <laughs> he's in the him. film. Uh, Eighty five, who you get to know a bit. It says the kind of the joke is that his IQ is eighty five, yeah. um, but he doesn't seem that dead. Which I was cu- so his IQ is eighty five. What are the IQs of everybody else in that prison? That <laughs> they're so fucking high and mighty about it. Like, ah, well, he's a he's not he's one of the few that isn't a prisoner, is he? He's one yeah. of the few that's an actual prison guard. Um, there you get his boss who gets killed off. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just a generic bad guy prison. What he doesn't? It's not much happens. He does a lot of rumor control. He yeah. keeps saying rumor control. Rumor <laughs> just a weird thing he keeps bringing There's up. There's definitely no aliens anywhere on the ship. Um, he's worried about women walking around his prison. It's like, there's a woman walking around and there's a woman walking around. He goes on about <laughs> it a so lot. Because wo- apparently in this prison... So the, there's apparently 25 prisoners there. Hmm. Which I was like, it's a big facility for 25 people. But it says it started. It was a bigger facility, mm. but they've sort of been why selling still, it off. Why are you still channeling funds into that prison? Get that shut. Well, down. they're not, are they? Nothing. Get works. that shut down. Reintegrate them in with the new prison. Uh, aye, nothing works on it, so they must be really closing it down. Mm. But they're like, it's a prison where they're like forced to religiously um, rehabilitate themselves. Well, that's it. Yeah, they they've turned to religion. 
and celibacy and things. Ah, like well, that. they they've turned to celibacy on a pl- on a planet with no women, yeah, so, it's, so it's not that hard. <laughs> it's, it? it's not a it's very forced religious yeah. um, um, celibacy, but um, so that's that's the problem with the the warden who's going around. There's a woman walking around here. There's a there's a woman walking around here, and it's like, all right, okay, you can calm down, pal. Um, Don't let that woman go out and do things. <laughs> um. Ooh. I forgot my original point. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> what was it? Uh, the characters. Yeah, so you got him. He dies very fairly early on. You have the religious guy. I guess he's the minister mm-hmm. of the play. I don't know. I can't remember. With all the dialogue scenes, it, you get everyone starts to get a bit diluted. It's, yeah. But, but there. All, there's all the dialogue scenes. There's not... It's a lot of just talking about the same thing over Aye, and over It does repeat itself a lot. Because that's, that's, it has to. Because it's like two hours and 20 minutes and fuck all happens yeah like there's no you don't really feel connected to many of the characters this is hard to list them off it's hard to name them even Charles Dowser's character I can't remember what his fucking I thought was. I did like his character I liked his character um he was like he was a, the most developed character out of them all mm. um well he kind of brought he brought he helped kind of navigate you through that that prison world Aye. Because he was relatively on the level. Aye. Like he was kind of... He wasn't too eccentric or too crazy. So it was able... You were... It was easy to be guided through the world of the film by him. And then they kill him off. Yeah. Which just made no sense to me. The only other character that was starting to work was the minister-like character. Who was... Um, I was... Uh, especially at the end where Ripley reveals she's got the Queen Embryo and she wants him to kill her. And there, start, there starts to get more of like a development of him and their, his relationship with Ripley. And uh, they're both like wanting to go after the alien and kill it because mm. they don't want it to get out or anything like that. He starts to get developed a bit. But even then, by the end, it's getting too late. And despite the fact they've got all this time of this really long film they don't really spend a lot of time on him yeah especially at the beginning yeah um yeah apart from that I'm trying to think who else there is there's some minor ones they were all a bit interchangeable after that there's some of the other prisoners um Pete Postlewaite's in it what? Pete Postlewaite's in it yeah is he the one who betrays him? cannot betray him no what the one that lets lets out of the waste disposal no. no, no, that's not what I meant. I meant the one who say, who's on the side of the uh, rescue team coming. Because there's a rescue team that's supposed to be coming to help them defeat the alien. Yeah. But the res- the Ripley believes the rescue team is going to like come and capture the alien and weaponize it. The classic 90s trope of, we're going <laughs> to weaponize it. Di- I mean, they wanted to weaponize the dinosaurs in Jurassic World. Yeah. It's it not awful. strictly the 90s, is it? Well, well that's a throwback to the 90s. Mm, I guess so. Gotta weaponize it somehow. The yeah. military are here to weaponize it. Gotta weaponize everything. Oh, I've just baked this lovely chicken cake, chicken pot pie. Weaponize it! <laughs> Figure out how to weaponize it. Put a bomb in it. <laughs> exactly. Um, That's chicken run too. And uh, he, they, the rescue team brings in the original creator of Bishop, which is a yeah, yeah, who was in Alien vs Predator as well. Was he? Yeah. Well, the that, original creator. Yeah, but Alien vs. Predator. In an effort to tie it, <laughs> to, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, because that's hundreds of years in the past. Yeah, those, uh, those. I think you just have to accept that those aren't. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They yeah. can't. They're not. But they like, cannot. The be. annoying thing about Alien vs. Predator is it's it not only does it have no weight on any of the mythologies. But they're also not as fun as they should be. Yeah. They should just be fun films. They should be just fun to watch ridiculous films. James Cameron likes it. Does he? Mm. Mm. He likes Terminator Genesis. He also likes Terminator Genesis. <laughs> I wonder how much he got paid to say he liked Alien vs. Predator. For maybe the same amount as paying him. Then again, it wouldn't surprise me if he does genuinely like them because he's f- fucking went insane and is making 17 <laughs> Avatar sequels. 17 sequels to a film no one cares about. Literally no. He, like about 10 years I still stand it. by it's because he doesn't go on the internet. Yeah? I think, James, I think James Cameron doesn't go on the internet. So he just sees how much money Avatar made and is yeah. like, people fucking loved it. They loved my movie. 
and people want to see more. I think that's genuinely what's going on. Okay. I don't think he's just like, fuck the haters. I'm going to make what <laughs> I want to make. I think he's just ignorant. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? It is bizarre. He's still making them. Oh, hmm. How many films had Ridley Scott made before Alien? Was he big before Alien? I don't, Alien made him big. Mm. I'm not sure if he directed any. I'm pretty sure Ridley Scott was close to. I think he was. He did Alien instead of like directing old episodes of Doctor Who. He was very close to just being a Doctor Who director. Oh, which is bizarre. Imagine yeah, if that was it. Because I was more curious, just because obviously you've got at the like obviously at the but I guess at the time. So I was thinking that it would be interesting that you would have Ridley Scott do the first one and James Cameron do the second one, and then someone who is literally unknown uh, come in and do the third one yeah well like the eight, first one is almost a would have probably been a sleeper hit at the time they would have yeah. just like taken a, a risk on this low budget horror film set in space and then like fucking hell this is really popular and this has gone into the pop culture it's exploded into the pop culture so the second one they're like cool we'll maybe take a risk on that one with yeah. a like if you're gonna bother doing a sequel but by the time you've done the second one and that's successful you've got a money printer so they're not too worried about the third one yeah. if you do it on the cheap man you don't don't really need it to be all that we just because we've already done two successful mm. alien films but apparently they messed around with it a lot mm. like that's where most of the problems came from it's how studio it, interference I feel there's a lot especially if you um, are into films and you read about development history and stuff of films Alien 3 has had a very tortured mm. one um, same with Alien 4 I believe Joss Whedon was the writer of he Alien 4 that, yeah. and he hates the way that turned out um, uh, probably just as much as David Fincher hates the way Alien 3 turned because out because is it just a I feel sometimes this way with because I'm not a fan of Prometheus or Alien Covenant is it like is Alien a franchise that's really needed these eight films or seven films or whatever we're on now I think eight if you include Alien vs Predator it's eight films eight films eight films like, and two of them are good yeah yeah it, which is my thing of you watch this film Alien 3 and it is just it's just the same hmm. it's more of the same thing but they're in a different environment a kind of more dull environment like a less kind of stylistic environment it's just sewers they're just running around the sewers for two hours um, yeah, it's not. But so I do just wonder if it's a franchise that needs a mythology. Needs all this mythology. Yeah, it's a. It's the probably the thing. Like you could make a franchise out of Alien, and have the Xenomorphs do all these various things. I mean, you with every other horror film, you have like Jason goes to Manhattan and fucking <laughs> shit like that. Remember the remember the remember Jason X where he goes to space. Yeah, we definitely need to do that on this show, Danny. <laughs> I've never seen that one. I've never seen Freddy vs. Jason either. Is I've that never anything? seen Freddy vs. Jason, no. I want I want more versus films, but I want them to yeah. be fun. If you could pit two current uh two kind of current people in cinema, characters in cinema against each other. Two contemporary franchises? Yeah. Okay. What is contemporary franchises? Because aren't they all just re Or just anything, Danny. Okay. Just anything. I'm overthinking it. What would you put in? I like I'm a big fan of Terminators mm. I think Terminators would verse something mm. Terminators verse what would be what would be cool if the Terminators went against hmm other kinds of robots maybe what if it's like what if it's like the Terminator just versus like Woody Allen <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would be amazing to watch. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on board with that. I, I really don't want to be fighting giant robots. You know, <laughs> he's not really all that contemporary now, though, is he? No, he well, hasn't started making stuff. Hey, he makes stuff, but he's you can fight Owen film. Wilson, the Terminator versus Owen Wilson. Could, well, Woody Allen, Owen Wilson, Woody Allen, Owen Wilson, Woody Allen versus Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two just kind of nasally, nasally gentlemen. Yeah, kind of nervy gentlemen. Just, just pitted against each other in a sort of awkward off. <laughs> All right, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. It's hit me. Terminator versus John Wick. Ooh, I do like that. I like the idea of John Wick fighting anybody. Aye, 
But imagine like something like a Terminator. What if you took like John Wick, James Bond, Jason Bourne, spun them all in a room together? No, James Bond, John Wick, and Jason Bourne. Who's coming out of that on top? The, the, the three J's. The three J's. Who's coming out of that on top? It's it's John Wick, right? John, yeah. I think it's John. I feel like Bourne would probably, he'd lose. Yeah, they're like out of the And I think if we're talking Daniel Craig Bond, it'd be like a very long fist fight. Yeah. But eventually John Wick would come out. I feel like John Wick has more martial arts skills as Bond is more reliant Bond's more of a... Well, in the new one, he's a brute. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's more of a brute force. But I think John Wick could take that out. Yeah. But do you think he could take out a Terminator? I would say so. If anyone could. If Sarah Connor can do it before she's able to do push-ups and stuff. Yeah. I think first Terminator, he could easily beat the first Terminator. Uh, What about uh, T-1000? I'm still going to say yeah. Yeah. They're like, I mean, they're not... It's like... You can get away from them. Like, Like, obviously the... Uh, young John Connor spends the whole film getting away from him mm. so I feel like John Wick as long as he can stay on the run and he can come up with t- tactics he'll come up with a plan yeah he'll figure it out yeah especially if the Terminator kills his dog <laughs> <laughs> that's how it starts I, I need your I need your clothes boots and your small dog <laughs> turns out the John Wick's dog is um, an ancestor of uh, John Connor's dog <laughs> John in the Connor's future dog. and they really want to stick it to John Connor because they've not been able to kill him in the past so like we'll go back and fucking kill your dog before he's born oh man we've just developed on the lore of those two movies so much <laughs> what film are we talking about again something about aliens <laughs> alien free so alien movie there's an alien in it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that. Ooh. Let's talk the about production that. on this in general. Like, the production on this. As I said, the whole film is just set in sewers, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, just... but like, I'm talking on a technical production, mm. special effects, and even basic audio. Mm. There's times where I, it was almost hard to believe of the film of this caliber yeah there was times where where the audio was kind of going yeah it was like peaking almost a character would speak and suddenly all this static would come up as yeah. if like the sound person on the day had not done any of their job yeah uh, they, they've got one job sound <laughs> well I mean it's a, it's, it's a complicated job Danny ah, but, <laughs> but when you're on Alien Free, you're paid a lot to get it right yeah to get it right you want the best best boys in the business. Aye. Um, best you want, business boys. You want some sound guys. We... So there's times where like they start talking and like... It starts going static, and then as soon as they stop talking, the static goes. Yeah. Like, it's been overlaid, not even yeah. subtly. Yeah. Yeah, just, it's... It, it's not a, it's not a good-looking film at all. No. Um, it's an ugly film. Even, like, by the standards of the other films, I know they've all kind of got this retro-future, um, steampunk-esque Yeah, but the first vibe, two but capture like, that yeah. quite well. This one, they are just churning steam into kind of brown rooms Aye. <laughs> uh, it's such a boring planet to mm. have set it on especially because mm. this has had this had such a big development history and I was re- I might even read some off in a minute like of how this various ideas Alien 3 went through and you to end up on this one you're like why yeah why did why did you fall on this one there were mm. so many ideas that you're like it sounds a lot more interesting than this yeah. um and then, of course, there's the xenomorph itself, which is so. From what I understand, they sh- for most of it, they shot it a puppet on a green screen, and then overlaid that into the film. Boy, boy, howdy! It does not look good. And you would think that at some point during pre-production, they'd have tested that, looked at it, and been like. This isn't going to work. But maybe... It, but like, I think it, the biggest problem with it is that they never try to make it... There's never an effort really made to make it seem like it's in the room. Like, there, there's moments when it is a guy in a costume. And that those look great. It looks fine. But 
whenever it's the CGI version, there's no effort to make it look like it matches its environment. Aye. There's no light shining off it. There's no shadows or anything. It is just the CGI alien with no work done to it. And so a lot of the time, it just looks like a pure green creature. This is this is a film that's been made after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Which is literally about two-dimensional animated mm. characters uh, who take a lot more effort to put shadows mm. on cartoon characters. Cartoon characters that you could go as far as to, to... that you're fully aware the whole time that they're not really there. This is made after that. And this is supposed to be... 3D xenomorph in the room with them, mm. and you can't believe that that they've not they've not gone to any effort in that sense. They've just I, kind of slapped it on. I said, I do wonder if after a while they all just got so frustrated that they were like, just just put it out. I do you know what really I do? You know anymore. I think when um, uh, what shows how frustrated they got with their CGI is when they started using point of view shots because mm. the alien films. I don't remember Alien or Aliens using point of view shots and I feel like maybe halfway through the production they were like this might be an easier way to show yeah. the alien moving around where you don't actually have to see the fucking mm. alien um, although alien because it moves so quick it kind of it's kind of got that evil dead Aye. vibe to it where it just seems to be gliding through the corridors Aye. which is people. pretty cool the point of view shots are not um, cool actually. yeah it's not terrible I mean they, there's they, no they, kind they... of I guess the aliens just see the way we see there's not really any no there's no sort of like almost as I'd use that word again Lovecraftian like how how they yeah. it takes the mystery out of how they see and everything because they, they literally just see like, there's point of view shots in um, Alien Covenant um, but they're more mm. kind of almost thermovision like almost like um, a very vague way of how the Predator point of view uh-huh. shots work except not like just in its own sort of style whereas this one it's just straight up just the the, the xenomorph see everything like mm. we do as you say another very boring Uh, but it was cool the point of view shots are cool for their fluid motion like you just see it as as you say Evil Dead style glide across the corridors and there's even one where it's upside down on the ceiling point of view shots so you're seeing them all upside down it's like oh that's it's um, and the speed it comes out even though the prisoners are able to outrun it every single time yeah like despite the fact they're supposed to be really fast Uh, you do feel the fluid motion of it like feeling like it's about to catch up with him any second there's one bit where it looks so fluid in a very bad way which is there's kind of a scene from a vent and you see it run under the vent and it genuinely looks like a still CGI model that they have of it and someone's clicked and dragged it across like dragged the still image across the corridor and they've went I'll do (laughs) because holy fuck it looked bad then as you say when it gets to the costume I mean that was always the point of the Xenomorph design when you see when it gets right up in Ripley's face and it's drooling Ah. and just like there's all this like steam and heat coming off it that looks incredible aye but any other time it's kind of it's just there's not much to it really and the scenes where it's blatantly obvious that it's a guy in a costume there are a few times especially at the end when they're climbing up when they're trying to climb the, the height, like it just looks so silly. <laughs> well, like, like half the time they they don't do any movement with the guy in the costume. So when you see him in his full costume and you see the like it fully am xenomorphed, mm-hmm. he stood still. Yeah. So you're like, oh, doesn't feel as threatening anymore. Yeah. It almost feels a bit like he's a bit of a lazy alien who can't be bothered going anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, oh, well, uh, I'll stay here for a while, and then you see him as a PS2 version of xenomorph <laughs> run across the screen. Do, were there any positives to the design of the xenomorph? Of just anything in it? Um, so anything you could point out, other than that one shot where it gets right up in her face? Because <laughs> um, I honestly can't think of anything. I think the concept is a choir prison planet. That's cool. But that was then done later in kind of pitch black and things. Uh, that kind of franchise the... ah because didn't it maybe I'm wrong the pitch black person had something to do with the alien franchise at mm, one point I don't know okay. sorry I've got no facts for you there you go no, we were both unsure about ignorant that ignorant as fuck because that's, um, that's an interesting concept but like um, they don't it's not an interesting design it doesn't even feel like a prison half the time yeah no it, it literally doesn't and you get no sense of them that they're locked away no. It almost feels like they're there to do 
that that they're in some kind of job because there's no real rules and rules put in place for these people Hmm. they just kind of roam about doing whatever they fancy which is very bizarre aye yeah I guess because it's shown that they have no weapons Mm -hmm. so there's no way for them to rebel against it because they're all stuck on a planet so there's no way for the prisoners to rebel do you think it's like, almost like when, when they used to send prisoners to uh, Australia? <laughs> so I think of like, just send them over there. Let yeah. them do what they want. I mean, they were all yeah. British. Yeah. Very British, some of them. <laughs> Very Cockney, a lot of them. They do have tea. At they one do point, have tea. Remember, they do, they do sit and have a cup of tea. They have a tea. They're like the... Um, Charles Dan doesn't... He doesn't drink it, though. No. That's my interesting point. Those were some nice cups they had. Yeah, okay. there's a good design aspect. <laughs> the cups of tea, tea they had, <laughs> amazing, and it's brilliantly British as well. That the the nice design is the teacups. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the music of this film? I mean, there was that one bit where it was kind of very like, <laughs> and then we we're like, what the fuck kind of music choice is this? <laughs> Yeah, sometimes the, mu- the music stuck out, and it's really bad. It's really obvious when the music's not right yeah. scene at all, and you sticks oh, out. And... Boom, 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 boom. The aliens coming! <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's the bit I pointed out, which was just bizarre. I'm trying to even think what what happens in the scene now. I think it's when they drop a flare onto the flower, like they're grease all this like oil. Ocean. Um, oil around this base to try and capture the alien um, using fire and one of them drops a flare and it falls to the ground in slow motion you're like oh that's a um, typical trope just to see it oh it's about to hit the ground the tension builds up but then it cuts to halfway through the slow motion uh, drop it cuts to a person in regular speed yeah. uh, reacting to it like going oh no that thing's about to fall on the ground and then it cuts back to the slow motion and it may seem like a nitpick but it was such a really bizarre yeah. Taking him out the world experience of this, just this strange cut from slow motion to regular back to slow motion. And they do it motion. twice because they do it again. In the end, Ripley sacrifices yeah, herself. Yeah, she fought. Yeah, she throws herself into the hot lead to the kill. Furnace. Yeah, to kill the xenomorph inside her. And they do the same again. We see her fall, fall in slow motion and then have a, a, a very fast shot of people reacting to it and then back to her falling Yeah, I think it cuts to the like... original bishop going, no! Yeah. Um, but really like strange. in regular speed, it's, it's, a, it's a strange choice that maybe... I think it's because, I don't know what it is. I think it's just, I could see that working in another film where it wasn't, I think just maybe the angles and the just speed in general that they use on the slow motion shots are just too strange Aye. that when they cut back to a fast pace a fast a regular speed shot it seems very it feels very jarring so as we mentioned Alien Free had a, a long development history I've got an article here off the internet denofgeek.com off the what? off the the information <laughs> highway if you yeah. uh, it's really revolutionising the kids these days that's my saying revolutionising the kids revolutionising the kids Aye. Uh, um, it's an article about the possible the development history of our, uh, Alien Free and some of the suggestions of where Alien Free could have gone. Mm-hmm. I want to see what you think. Oh, okay. well, you're going to rate these better than what we got, worse than what we got. Okay, talk me through it. Right. So the first one, I'm not going to go through it in tedious detail because no, right, yeah, but but first one uh, is a suggestion that the alien heads to Earth. So that would be the. Um, there is a the, the alternative ending of the original Alien is uh, the Xenomorph yeah, killing yeah. Ripley and then mock um, replicating her voice, saying that she's on her way back to Earth. And it go, huh? That'd be so strange. I, I've what, got, like seeing the Xenomorph like, talk like Ripley. Talk like Ripley. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it does. I have can't. It's, uh, the scene must be out there somewhere, and it heads back to Earth. What do you think of the Alien going to Earth? And remember, this would not be Earth as we know it, mm. like a future Earth. Um, oh, that would have been better yeah. than what we got yeah because I feel like there would have been obviously with the first two films the, the whole thing was we can't let this get back to Earth so this would be the logical and then so it, I guess yeah it would 
It's like, well, that that to them is a terrifying concept, so it would be really good to see what happens if it does get back to Earth, as opposed to another film where they're running around being like, we can't let this get back to Earth. Uh, well, I guess that would put it in like it's in with uh, Terminator 3 Judgment Day. Yeah. Because like, no, Terminator, Terminator 2, 2 Judgment, Judgment Day. Day. Terminator 3, what was that one called? Rise of the Machines. Rise of the Machines. Because Terminator 3, like, uh, say what you like about the film, I really like its ending where it just is bold enough to go fuck you judgment day happened right at the end of the film judgment day happens and i thought that was a really cool ending for it and it was because like as you say it's like this is they're intimidated they're running around going we can't let judgment day happen we can't yeah. let judgment day happen and like and then fuck are you? in the free it's the logical thing next thing to go on to if you want to continue this conflict and that's letting it happen mm-hmm. so yeah that would have been cool i guess earth is highly populated in this in this universe and you would had like recognizable landmarks maybe you could have mm. got something like a a retro Paris. retro future Paris of New York anything like that with all the the landmarks and see what it looked yeah. like yeah uh, another one would have um, the idea of uh, Ridley Scott coming back to direct the third one Oof. and by that point he'd already directed Blade Runner and the idea was to get him to do a Blade Runner like city uh, which uh, the alien gets into okay so you've got we're, we're like Blade Runner is very famous for set in that futuristic mm-hmm. city with a neon uh, neon lights everywhere and gritty under cities with flying cars going above. Um, what would you do? You think that would be interesting to see? Yeah, the uh, go around that definitely be a much bigger playground, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, because it's always in quite enclosed spaces. You don't really know what the alien can do in a in a massive environment like a city. Aye. So that could be really interesting. But it's also a sprawling metropolis, like the idea of a Blade Runner. So, like, mm. even though it's enclosed spaces, there's a lot of. No, it's not enclosed spaces. There would be a lot of stuff that you could explore. Like, you wouldn't want to go down to the sewers or stuff, but there's a lot of alleys and stuff. Even alleys mm. would be different. And <laughs> Have it run down an alley. <laughs> and, Have uh, it use a zebra crossing. Also, there'd be there's so many people in this world that's just happening around there, because you wouldn't imagine it would. At, with that sort of stealthiness of alien might not um, bring attention to itself first yeah or start attacking things or you could almost have like a a detective that comes along as trying to investigate murders and if it um, stuff like that you could have like a really like a definitely a much more different plot to the first two mm. which would have been interesting alien no I agree I, yeah alien versus uh, alien meets Blade Runner it's Alien it, versus Blade Runner. That would be interesting. Harrison Ford has to stop hunting down. Uh, oh God, what are they called in Blade replicants. Runner? Replicants. Replicants. Got to hunt down. What's the difference between what, what? Is there a major difference between replicants and androids? Because Blade Runner is set like in the near future, as Alien is set in a bit more of a mm. distant future. Do you think they could be the same place? Same. Could be. Same timeline. Could be. Yeah. Similar. That's a really, I suppose, nerdy, geeky thing to try and connect <laughs> the two timelines. But uh, there's one um, by a chap called Eric Red who would have uh, a planet uh, that the Xenomorph would go onto, but the planet would be very rural, um, Middle West America. So you're sort of barns and co- um, cornfields okay. and stuff like that. So uh, you think of, you think of. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Chicks, yeah, there's a, that sort of thing. You're more of like a Texas vibe, a Kansas vibe, a Smallville kind of place where, like, even the uh, Interstellar, um, mm. that's got a lot of cornfields as well. Mm. Uh, how would you see the. Because that's like, you're talking about open spaces for a city, that's literal open spaces. Yeah. That's like you've got fields to run around. The classic monster going through the cornfield. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I guess that. Doesn't sound too dissimilar to Alien vs. Predator 2, which was kind of set in this. Well, that was more the suburbs. Um, yeah, that, that should have been better, shouldn't it? Because the idea of setting the alien in the contemporary world sounds interesting in itself. Yeah. Because the first one. Yeah, because. Definitely, set- they. they de- it, you know. What was. The tagline was like. In you know, it, oh, it, at home, everybody can hear you scream, but you'll still die. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think 
Because, like, the first... The, alien or... I don't... I, uh, I don't know. The first Alien versus Predator is set in the Antarctic, Antarctic isn't it? Mm. Which is such a... Bo- like, if you're going to bring the aliens and the Predators to... Well, Predators already in contemporary. But if you're going to bring aliens to contemporary time, the Antarctic... Mm. You might as well set it on an ice planet. Ice planet, rather. Ace planet. Yeah, ice planet. instead of... And then you could have just set it in the future. Hmm. I don't know why they felt it had to be... I don't know why they felt Alien vs. Predator had to be set now. Like, in the present hmm. day. It just was so bizarre. Such a weird choice. Yeah, you're right. Like, surely just set it in the future and have it on an ice planet. <laughs> Aye. Or if you're going to set it in contemporary day, commit to that. Mm. Make it contemporary. Like in the second one where it's more suburban. Yeah. Don't remember the second one at all, though. I don't I've only seen it once. I cannot say I intend to watch it again. <laughs> um, the last suggestion on this list... Uh, was more of a religious one. It would have been a wooden planet that would have um, seen like an Amish-like people, uh, Amish religious people who sort of are more medieval and um, would sort of reject Wait, technology. so the planet was made of wood? That's in the vague thing I've read here. That's what it says. A wo- it describes it as a wooden planet. But they're... they're... <laughs> They're, they're more medieval. They kind of reject technology. They're just on the planet. The xenomorph comes along and they would have to fight it. And there's more, not literally swords and archery medieval, yeah. but like a more um, primitive technology-wise planet. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, literally everything just sounds, I mean, like, like we said, we've had eight films now. All of them are more or less the same film. Hmm. It does seem like there's all these ideas of just doing something a bit different. It's like, why, why couldn't we have had these eight films where they are drastically different as opposed to just kind of remaking the same movie over and over again with slight changes, but it's always just the same. It's always just, we can't let it get back to Earth. I know We've me. got to keep it on this small planet full of corridors. <laughs> it just annoys me with all those ideas of reading there and even, even just touching on them very vaguely. You're like, these sound so much better mm. possibilities than the ones mm. we got. Guys, why do we have to go down this weird this 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 down the same route making the same style i honestly just don't think alien is a franchise that yeah can has really warranted as many films as there's been. no it's not that fascinating of a, a story They're, the first two are b- brilliant films but the actual lore of the creatures of is just not that interesting no like i don't care where it came from the exciting i think what makes it even the fir- first film even scarier is that it is just this kind of nameless creature they, they they know nothing about that has gotten onto their ship but instead now now we're at a place where we've got all this lore and we know exactly how they work i don't know it almost kind of is a detriment to the, that first film hmm. a little bit yeah it definitely is even something like because they walk because the the engineer that the prometheus and alien covenant explore mm. that's in the first film isn't it it's been a long time since i've seen it, it like they they see like the engineer when they land on the planet don't I they I think so yeah even just that keeping that ambiguous yeah. is so much more interesting than trying to explain, explain it explain it all yeah it fascinates me that Ridley Scott after all this time has come back to it to to expand the mythology I like, almost think that the Prometheus and he there's obviously some very kind of deep religious themes that he wants to explore with those films and I almost think it would work better if he wasn't making them as alien films yeah if he was able to just do a new kind of sci-fi that has these themes of the uh engineers and things but like that's that what prometheus but is, is it connected to alien yeah that's what prometheus is it's just because like remember when prometheus was i think being... he made the mistake of being like it's connected to alien like, ah, it? yeah because like when Prometheus was coming out there was all this ambiguity whether it was actually connected to Alien mm. it was like oh it's an Alien prequel it's an Alien prequel well it's not quite it's gonna it's like it's set in the same universe as Alien but it's gonna have nothing to do with him oh it's not to do with Alien at all da, 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 da. and it seemed to go around with all these rumours and stuff yeah. like what it was actually about um, and yeah if, if that was the film he wanted to make he wanted to make something that was like maybe vaguely connected to Alien but more philosophical in tone he still failed to make it in Prometheus yeah. Prometheus isn't an interesting film philosophically or even at a basic level yeah. um, but like yeah I see what you mean like maybe that was maybe there's something he wants to explore there he's just not 
or maybe it's easier to explore it within the alien universe because studios are like yeah have money for an alien yeah. film what philosophical questions whatever you say Ridley Scott you created yeah. it in the first place people love aliens don't they they sure do love those aliens those aliens yeah money in that um cool final kind of thoughts on Alien 3 anything any last minute things you want to add mm. I'll say it, I wasn't I really was expecting much worse yeah than what we got. I was with it for the whole film. It was just dull. It's dull. And poorly kind of put together in terms of a production value. Uh, and yeah, just when you compare it to the two kind of works of genius that came before it, and then you watch this, it's hard to fathom that it's even in the same ballpark. <laughs> um, I'd say that like it's such a shame that uh, for a franchise that like one of the best things I think about the Alien franchise is the Xenomorph itself, like in terms of like trying to create something that is truly feels alien. Because so many times when the films create alien stuff, they look like humans or yeah. they look like bulbous heads or they just look kind of human-like. And like watching the Xenomorph, you're like, fucking hell, if we ever did encounter an alien, it would probably look something like that. Something <laughs> that you could almost... It not comprehend terrifying. something like even describing a xenomorph how the fuck do you describe a xenomorph yeah. bug-like yeah it's the closest you can get to i like that idea and it's such a shame that it gets like this mistreated like mythology mm. sequels and in alien 3 it gets reduced to just being a dull film like it's, it's, it's such an it's like, such yeah. an interesting premise for a franchise uh, had such two great films and the third one to just crash like that yeah to be something and it's just so been a continual just spiral downwards Aye. ever since uh, yeah do you think Sigourney Weaver will come back I don't know I would have been curious to see what Neil Blomkamp's yeah that's Alien one that, would have been but that's one that I guess we'll never get that now that's such a shame or we may get it in some fashion but I mean I guess we gotta wait until we see how Alien Covenant does we gotta see how the, this fucking yeah, weird prequel trilogy. Because if I guess, if this then... if this film pans, if this film bombs, if this film doesn't make any money, yeah, they'll they'll presumably stop funding Ridley Scott. Do you know. think? Do you think his name's big enough to? I think he's too big now. To yeah, like, I think they'll keep... especially because I suppose he's integrated with the Alien franchise. Yeah, but like they couldn't keep making flops. How many do you think it would take before they were like, right, okay, Ridley Scott? We don't want to. I mean, Ridley Scott's film, like recent filmography, is so. It is all just very, very hit and miss. Like Hmm. he did uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings. I didn't see that. Garbage. Was it? But then right after that, he did The Martian, which was pretty great. So. um, Yeah. You know, he did Body of Lies, which I honestly could not tell you (laughs) anything about it or if it was any good. But before that, he did American Gangster, which is pretty brilliant movie so it's such a shame um, in terms of Neil Bunk that like you'd think because it's kind of even though it's not wasn't a good film James Cameron very much felt like he was taking the Terminator franchise and giving it to the contemporary directors yeah he was going look guys you have my approval to go make go out there and make another Terminator trilogy if you want mm-hmm. he did suggestion stuff there was bits at the side where he was like I think Arnold Schwarzenegger should come back for it he did um, there he was like cool there you go it's a shame that Ridley Scott wouldn't do the same yeah. he wouldn't go look Neil Blomkamp here's the Alien franchise mm. go do your spin on it don't Good. do the contemporary Alien film rather than him coming back and making these yeah. nostalgic ones that are like well I bet you are wondering how that door got there in the, <laughs> Alien, the original Alien film well there's a funny story behind that it'll take three films it'll to explain more films ugh just so sick of everything I'm gonna be fucking over explaining the prequels and shit and... when are we getting the second opinion prequel podcast what if we had like an after show <laughs> <laughs> it's the second opinion opinion yeah Chris Hardwick man Scott was just not on point tonight was he no I, I agree as well he's he seemed very tired and distant I just 
don't feel he was bringing his No, A-game. that's not Chris Hardwick's style. Chris Hardwick's style is like, oh my god, it was the best episode I've seen in my oh life. Oh my god, everything's so great. I love the... I Chris love Hardwick, it. nobody likes The Walking Dead anymore. We're all... All of us that are still with it are just... We're just begrudgingly fucking... Tr- trundling along because we've been watching it for too long and give up now. Nobody cares about it. Walking mm. along like a reluctant dead body. That's it. We're just shuffling along. It's 45 minutes out of my week. I'm not going <laughs> to give it up. I might as well just keep watching it. Um, amazing. Well, there right. we go. Right. Uh, where, where can people find us all that stuff uh you can find us uh, at second opinion uh pod that second with a two on facebook or twitter we got a couple of yeses last <laughs> time <laughs> really, I think, um, it was really depressing i think some people did listen to it they, they, they just can't be bothered <laughs> typing yes uh thank you for the people that did type yes um great guys two, two of you i uh, um hope you're doing well <laughs> hope um, you're having a nice time uh, yeah, um, you can find us there on Facebook and Twitter. Um, follow us and yeah. I give us a shout. Give us a shout. Uh, perfect. But until next time, enjoy your J.K. Simmons, everybody. Enjoy your J.K. Simmons. Eat your J.K. Simmons. Eat them. Enjoy them. Eat them and enjoy them. Eat them and enjoy the process of eating them. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>